Good morning. The scripture reading for today is found in Luke 17, 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And uh, as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Good morning. Words matter. Words that we read, words that we write, words that we say. Um, you know, frequently you hear you know, words that we say are like you know, toothpaste. Once they're out, you can't get them back. So, I mean, words matter. Uh, word selection. The order. Word order matters. It makes a difference in uh, what is being said, what things mean. There's nuance in how certain words are used and the description that they provide. And there's a difference in meaning. Sometimes some drastic differences, sometimes just small in the words we use and even in the words in the Bible. Uh, one example, games. We, we, many times we play games or we watch games and games are either won or lost. There aren't many times that there are ties anymore. You either have a winner or you have a loser. So whether it's a professional or collegiate sporting event or it's a board game or a card game, you're probably keeping score and somebody is declared the winner. Um, Dawn and I frequently played Euchre uh, with our kids. And somebody wins, somebody loses. And if you would ask us after the game, okay, so w w you know, what happened? If, if Dawn and I would have lost, you know, I might give a couple different ways of a response. One would be, yeah, they, they edged us out. Or maybe I say they beat us. Or maybe they trounced us. All three of those, we lost. But those aren't all three the same. There's a difference in those word selections. A score of 10 to 9 or 10 to 8 might be eking it out. 10 to 7, 10 to 6, okay, they beat us. 10 to 1, 10 to 2, okay, that's a trouncing. You got demolished. So they're not the same results. The words make a difference in what is selected and what's, what's said. So our sermon series continues today with the theme of an unexpected Jesus. And so this week, the, the idea is an unexpected healing, something that was a little bit different that happened at the end of this story. And, and this story is a story of faith for all ten lepers. In verse 14, when Jesus told them, go and show yourself to the priests. The healing process had not yet begun for them. They would have looked down at their hands and feet. They would have looked at their skin. And they would have seen no difference in what they had before. 
They were still leprous. They were still unclean. But then as verse 14 continues, we read, as they went, they were cleansed. And so all ten responded in faith and they started to walk to the temple. And then the leprosy began to fade and disappear. And so that in and of itself, that, that is a story of faith for all ten. And that's a good thing. They were all cleansed because they believed that Jesus' words were true. They took those steps in faith and cleansing occurred. And, and so having faith in a command from Jesus doesn't make earthly sense. I mean, they heard, you know, go and show yourself. Well, they had no earthly reason to do that yet. But they had faith. And they started walking. And as they walked, they started to see healing. And then one of them stopped. And I can imagine him looking at his hands, at his feet. I have to imagine that he's looking at his friends as well. This horrible disease. And he started doing some thinking as this horrible disease somehow started to no longer be present. And then he turns. And I have to believe that when he turned, he ran. Because you know it says he... He went back and praising God in a loud voice and threw himself at his, Jesus' feet. So I think he ran back, threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And then Jesus asks a question in which, I, I, again, I believe wording is significant. Jesus asks, were not all ten cleansed? And then there's a second part of this conversation where Jesus records and it ends the conversation with a blessing. He says, your faith has made you well. That's what Courtney read with the NIV, and the English Standard Version does the same thing. Your faith has made you well. In the King James Version, thy faith has made thee whole. And in the New Living Translation, your faith has healed you. The word cleansed was not used there. It's a little bit different. So that's a bit of where my title for the sermon comes here. Cleansed versus made whole. Leprosy was cleansed. But this last part is a little bit different. In verse 14, as they went, they were cleansed. In verse 17, when Jesus asked about the ten being cleansed, the Greek word that is used in that is katharizo which means to make clean, to cleanse, and to purify. There are three other verses that uh, I want to refer to where that same word in the Greek is used, katharizo. In Matthew 23, 25, and also this would be the, the matching story in Luke eleven thirty nine. Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Again, that word clean, in that sense, that's that katharizo. Hebrews 9.22 says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. And in Acts 15.9, He did not discriminate between us and them, referring to the, Jew, uh, the Jews and the Gentiles, for He purified their hearts by faith. And in each of those, that, that same word, katharizo, 
is what's used. And this is a positive word. It's a cleansing. It's a healing. It's a purification of sin and of disease. And so I want you to hear, hear me clearly. This is a good thing. All ten acted in faith and were cleansed of leprosy. We have opportunities to be cleansed of our sin, of our impurity. Okay, so why am I making a, a point of this? Well, at the end of this conversation, Jesus uses a different word at the end of verse 19. He uses the word sosokin, which is the past tense of a root word Greek, soso. And I am no expert. This is very helpful from having resources online for sources of words. But the word soso means to save, to deliver, to heal, to be made whole, to be made in right relationship with God. Salvation, wholeness. I, I think it means more than just a cleansing. Cleansing is good, but a wholeness is a little bit more. There's, there's three other verses I want to share that use this word sozo. Matthew 10, 22. And this will be Jesus speaking. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. In Titus 3, verses 4 and 5, uh, this, it's used twice. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So just as there is a difference in defeating an opponent in a game, trouncing an opponent in a game, that's different. I think words make a difference. And so one of the questions I kind of look at is, okay, what's, what's the difference here? Uh, again, verse 17, there's a recognition of a cleansing, catharizo, of their disease, a miracle that occurred. And, and I, I would envision that as these individuals go, they're going to be ready to tell the story of cleansing to others in the future, Spread the word of God's healing for them for years to come. That's a good thing. But in verse 19, that different word, sisokin, it's a deep, different, deep, uh, deeper meaning, a saving, a wholeness with the Savior. Not just a cleansing, a wholeness, a oneness, a spiritual connection. And I think that that is this unexpected blessing that came through this man's actions. What, what was he anticipating as he went back? I don't know. But this unexpected blessing was granted to him by Jesus. Sissokin, being made whole, is what Jesus offers us today. Sozo, being saved, is what we have available to us. So I, I jotted down just a couple of statements that 
you know, for the nine that didn't come back. I, I, can, I envision Jesus kind of thinking this. He'd like to be able to say to them, yes, I just cleansed you of leprosy, but you don't know the level of healing, of cleansing, of saving, of wholeness that I have for you that goes beyond just that cleansing that may be a bit superficial at times, may be small. I've got deeper things for you. And I also hear Jesus thinking, okay, where, where are the other nine? You don't know the blessing I have for you unless you come and let yourself be blessed. So why does it matter? Why worry about those words? Well, again, I, I, there's a difference between the nine and the one, I think. Three, three thoughts for the nine and the one. The nine were content with being healed of leprosy and were ready to return to their home, their families, their previous lives. They were happy with just a superficial, physical cleansing. Okay, but the one that was returning to Jesus was saying, I, I think there's more. There's more that's available. This is a cleansing. But this isn't just the only thing that God has for me. There's more. Second thing, I think the nine were focused upon what had happened to them. I mean, this, this is a miracle. This is truly a miracle that they were experiencing. They were blessed. He did heal them. But I think they were a bit short-sighted because they were happy with that, ready to go to the priests and rejoin their past lives. But the one that came back that did have that blessing and healing, he was also looking at where did the blessing and the healing come from? What was the source of that? And I want to be by and near that source and be fed by that source. In short, I think the nine were looking too much at me, inward. What did I gain? How was I blessed? And I think the one that returned was looking to say, how can I praise God? How can I thank God? And then how can I do more? How can I give, not just get? And so a bit of what I want to focus in on this is being made whole what does complete wholeness in Christ look like wholeness in Christ includes a cleansed heart and mind through faith in Jesus Christ but it's done and it's lived out in a community of believers a community that fellowships together that supports encourages challenges us Wholeness in Christ isn't something that you do on your own. It's about a relationship with him and relationship within the body of believers, the church. And by the church, yeah, Yellow Creek Mennonite, but the church is wider. The church as a whole, the body of believers. Last week in Wes's sermon, he gave, a, I thought, a very awesome word picture from C.S. Lewis of the difference between heaven and hell. And if, if you weren't here or you didn't remember, here's a quick description of what that was. Individuals in both settings of uh, the description had permanent three 
yard, I think, yeah, I think it was three feet or three yards, long forks on their hands, on their arms. And they were seated at a feast. Bunch of food available to be eaten, nourished. And the difference was that in hell, the individuals were trying to take the food and feed themselves. And they were frustrated. They were angry. It wasn't working well. But in heaven, the same individuals with those forks were feeding each other. And they were feasting. They were fellowshipping. Feasting in harmony. And I would say we are called, like, like the nine, we are called to have a desire to be healed. I mean, the, every one of the ten lepers cried out to the Lord, save us, have mercy on us, have pity on us. There's an awareness of needing to be cleansed by God. That's good. That's proper. We need that every day. There's a properness in the faith and the trust in Jesus' power to save us. And then to act upon that. And even before they were cleansed, they headed to the priests. And then they were cleansed. They acted upon Jesus' command. And we're called to do those things on a day-by-day basis. But the thing that some of those nine were missing was they saw themselves, but they didn't see Jesus. They didn't see others. And so we need to take steps of faith trusting in the cleansing power of Jesus as we do this. But we need to look around and beware of others who are also in need of being healed. We, we are need, needy. We need to be healed. We need to be cleansed by the power of the blood. And we'll sing that song later. Cleansed by the power of the blood. But so does everybody else. And others are in need of being cleansed, supported, challenged, nurtured within our community. And it's not just about us. We are seeks God's faith and God's will living out our lives. And as we do that in our life of community, there are opportunities to be blessed every day, but also to bless others during Sunday morning worship, during our Sunday school time, during small groups, during Bible studies, whatever that setting may be, there's opportunities to be blessed, to be cleansed within that fellowship, but also to bless others. And the wholeness in the life of a community of believers travels through and amongst these pews and in our classrooms and in our activities, whenever that may be throughout the week. So as I enter into a worship setting, Am I focusing and looking on my wholeness, your wholeness, or am I also looking to make sure that I'm looking at our wholeness, our community, the wholeness that we experience together? And, and when I think about a worship setting, you know, a lot of times you can think, well, Sunday morning, that's our worship time. That's not the only worship time where two or three are gathered there am I in the midst. And as far as what we do for the Lord, aren't we supposed to be doing everything as to the Lord? And so I would say Sunday morning worship, Sunday school discussion, Wednesday evening classes, 
small group outing, Bible study, a recreation event, the movie thing tonight, uh, carnival on Saturday, setting up for the carnival on Saturday. All of those are opportunities for worship and fellowship with the community. So do I prepare myself for cleansing, for nourishment, for nurturing in every one of those worship opportunities? I think we've heard many different times, as I come in on a Sunday morning, have I prepared my heart to hear God's word? And we should. Prepare to hear God's word, challenging us, encouraging us, fellowshipping together. And I trust and hope that that's exactly what we do. We, we walk in here and we're looking to be fed. God, open our hearts and ears to hear your word. To be nourished, to be nurtured, to be encouraged, to be challenged. But here's, here's a bit of the challenge that I think sometimes comes up for every one of us. What if the topic of discussion, the sermon being presented... The music and songs that are played and sung, uh, the, the topic in Sunday school, the event itself, if it intrigues you or it doesn't intrigue you, what if some of those things don't speak to you? And I wrote the word speak. What if I walk out of here and, you know what, it, it just didn't touch me? How do I view that? Well... Maybe it's not about you. Am I willing to look around and nourish and nurture somebody else? Maybe I'm not here today for God to speak to me. Maybe I'm here today for God to use me to be speaking and nurturing and nourishing somebody else. Sometimes those days happen. And you don't know the blessing that you may be. I'm hoping that many times you do. And you get some feedback. But you don't know where that blessing might be. I believe Jesus cared for the lepers and their personal walk of faith as he cleansed them and told them, go see the priest, Catharizo. But I also believe that he was calling and ready to do more for them. Sissokan, ready to be saved, ready to save them. If they would have simply recognized, Jesus, you've got more for me. And, and I think that's the blessing that the, the leper was given who returned. An opportunity to praise the name of the one who cleansed him. That's why he returned, praising Jesus, saying thank you for what you have done. And with that opportunity, Jesus said, you know what? I've got more for you. You didn't know it, but I've got more for you. So he opens his eyes, and now he's saved. There's a wholeness that occurs in him returning and saying, thank you. I praise the Father. I praise the Son. In C.S. Lewis's description, there was good food on the table. Food for nourishment, food for blessing. But the way that the individuals were looking at how to gather that for themselves or provide it for others was the difference in that setting, in that relationship. So as I consider times of fellowship 
with others? What, what is my question? What is my concern? Am I hoping to get something from the fellowship and the worship? And I hope you do. <laughs> I hope we get something from our time of fellowship and our worship. But I'm also going to push us, am I coming into a time of fellowship and worship to give? Two different directions. Give back to God. Give back to Jesus. He's the one that receives the praise. But also give to others around you. If I don't feel blessed, am I blessing others? Even as Ed, today it just didn't hit me for whatever reason. That's fine. But am I blessing others? And I, I trust, we, we are seeking God's will in our lives. We're opening our hearts. We're reading God's word. We are wanting to be challenged, wanting to be blessed. Let's bless others as well and bless God in the meantime. The 10th leper returned to Jesus because he didn't make the blessing about what he received. He made the blessing about what Jesus did for him. And he praised God and he was blessed more with that. So am I willing and ready to give to make worship about God? Not about me. And, and, and that's one of the, the tensions that, I, that we sometimes have. We think of a worship service as I'm getting something from the worship service. But our worship service, our work, our toil, in the middle of working in the middle of a week, that's worship for our Lord and Savior. Give in those settings. Am I willing to nourish and bless others first? To bless God first? I'll get a blessing. I'm confident that as you bless others and you bless God, there's going to be a blessing that's coming your way. One of the lines um, of a song that we just sang, uh, the Oh Lord, You're Beautiful, I jotted this down. It says, help me to never seek a crown. My reward is giving glory to you. God isn't giving us a crown because we came to him and said, hey, I want my crown. You bless others, you bless God, and the crown is there. But it's not your goal your goal is honoring God. So I believe Jesus has unexpected blessings for us day by day when we look to honor him first and foremost, seeking his will, seeking his goodness. Awesome to want to be cleansed by him. Yes. But a wholeness of community goes beyond just us. Give. Give of your heart. Give your soul to Christ Jesus and bless that individual beside you. Ask to see how, how they are doing. I, mean, I, I love our Christian greeting opportunities. Are we superficial in that process? And, and at that time, we may need to be. But are we willing to take time to listen? Not necessarily to share our story, but to listen and be God's ear for somebody else that is in need 
that needs cleansing. And we can be a part of that. We don't provide the cleansing. Jesus does. But we can be a part of that wholeness of community with God.